This is an Area Code podcast. I think it was a weird combination of the the sort of comfort of Doris Burke's voice and the gravity of what she was actually communicating that combined f- to create this sense of sorrow that leads to watery eyes. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually felt tears fall down my face that night, but I was pretty damn close. This is Feel for the Game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings. I'm Nick. I'm Noah. Each episode, we are going to pick a significant moment in sports history and talk about them in the context of how they made us feel, what they made us think, and if they changed the way we view life in general. Today, we are talking about COVID-19, coronavirus, canceling sports for what felt like forever. Yeah. Specifically in regards to sports, we're not doctors. We are not going to talk about COVID as a disease or a virus. Yeah. Who cares about that anyway? No one cares. Right? Like, I only care about sports. Sports are what matter. That was insensitive, maybe. And this is a show about feelings. I'm sorry for saying that it's irrelevant. That's like our dumb president saying that it affected literally nobody as 200,000 people died. We're a, a minute and a half into this podcast and it's already getting spicy with uh, some Donald sure. Trump shit talking always and forever i'm here for um, it okay let's get back to so, reality here do you remember march 11th what you were doing i do march 11th 2020 i yeah which you feels you like you didn't need to give me the year i, I mean, knew you meant this year i think i needed to give you the year because <laughs> this year feels like what if i it's knew what i was doing years. march 11th 2015 like i was able to just spit that out of you oh that's that's when you were that's when your basketball career was washed up right probably i think we can Double check it our was Instagram washed feed. Up the day I graduated high school. Not, no, I take it back. The day I played my last high school basketball game, I was washed up. Anyway, March 11th. March 11th, I was sitting on my couch. Same. It was about 8.15-ish. Same. Dark. We have a little lamp that we like to keep uh, dimly lit. Same, but ours is a big lamp. There you go. It just sets, it sets yeah. a nice mood. We're the same people. Same people. Watching basketball. Probably listening to hip hop while watching basketball. Oh, you listen to music while you watch rap. Oh, okay. Interesting. I just, I just wanted to no further further draw the connection that we only have two things in common, which are sports and hip hop. Knock you out. <laughs> um, so I remember sitting on the couch watching basketball on March 11th, and my. Favorite broadcaster or commentator of all time. I'm out. You watch the game, you listen to music, and you have the volume on the television up. I need to clarify. I I was not actually okay. listening to music. I I said that only to reiterate the fact that that's what we have in common. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure. You're watching NBA basketball. I'm sure. Yeah, NBA basketball. I mean, what else? Which College, which is what I was watching. Keep, keep going. Uh, so watching NBA basketball in Doris Burke, I think they maybe come back from a, a commercial break or something. And guys are not on the court. And all I hear is my favorite commentator of probably all time, Doris Burke, 
trying to explain what's happening as referees are huddling up and figuring out what's going on as well. Um, you know, a couple minutes go by and basketball is just over. The official announcement just came that this game has been postponed. So any further information will have to come later on. That is all the information that we have right now that has been disseminated from the league to us here inside the arena. And so the Jazz and Thunder at that point, we we find out that um, because of COVID, particularly because of um, was it Rudy Gobert, Utah Rudy Jazz Gobert over in Utah, because Chris Paul, I remember there was a thing where he was like, he was asking the Utah team, like, where's Rudy at? Like, he noticed he wasn't out there and the Jazz were like, you need to get away from us. Like, we might be contaminated. You need to go over there. And fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. In America, March, early March was still a very normal time for the most part. Like a lot of us were like, still not sure if this coronavirus thing was real or not, how much it would affect our lives. And like, for me, that, was the night that it, I realized that this shit was like real. So did it change the way that you looked at the virus as it pertained to you personally or just as it pertained to the country? Because like not to interrupt what you're going to say, but like just to give you an example of what I mean by that, that evening, whenever NBA got canceled, for me, it was the realization that college basketball was going to be canceled. Uh, I was still like, it was more, okay, these big cities, like New York, Chicago, LA, uh, just the big cities, like those are gonna be hit with this virus and it might come here or whatever, but we live in central Illinois, pretty far away from any big cities. I didn't really feel personally like, oh, COVID is affecting me. It's just affecting every everything else around me. So I, I, I never felt like afraid necessarily but it was, I don't know, does that make sense what I'm asking? That makes, that makes sense. And I don't think it, I had a realization of like, oh, this is something that could be harmful to my life. It was more the realization that I am about to lose something that I hold dearly, right? Like I, it, March Madness was about to start. The conference tournaments yeah, were, were conference going. conference tournaments were going on when it got, uh, when NCAA said no tournament, no games. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was like, and we can go ahead and I guess just jump into the how this personally affected our lives. But I think for me, it was that night was the realization of, oh, I'm, I'm about to lose something. Like basketball is about to be gone. NBA and college basketball is about to be gone. And at the moment, I thought it was going to be gone for maybe a week or two. And then, you know, that didn't, it turned out to be like three months, three and a half months. Um, but like that was the beginning of realizing that life is about to entertainment yeah. in, in, in I mean, the way that, sure, sure. It was very clear at that point that when the NBA and the NCAA to an extent, but mainly the NBA, that they were like, hey, we're not even going to play games anymore. Yeah. Not just we'll change how we're doing it. It was we're done. Like there's no games being played. Like that was kind of when I realized like, oh, okay. I can't leave my house without wearing masks. Like that's where we're going yeah. or, you know, Oh, only me or my wife can go to the store. Like we can't both go and Oh, toilet paper is out of stock everywhere. And hand sanitizer is going to be impossible to get. Like 
even living in a town that wasn't really affected by it until significantly later like it, it was a month or so later before where we live really was getting hit with cases and really we're getting hit even worse now because we're a college town but uh it was still just an interesting like look into the future yeah. i realized like that's happening in the big cities now that will be us before too long so here here's what i would compare it to when you're when you were a kid and you get in trouble and your parents are like hey you didn't you shouldn't have done what you did and now you have to pay the price you're you're grounded yeah but like they don't say anything else they just say you're grounded and you you're not really sure not you're grounded for a week you're grounded yeah you're not really (laughs) sure when or if it's gonna end Mm -hmm. it's just like it's like i'd rather it's that situation where you'd rather your parents come in and yell at you because then it's probably going to be over. But said, exactly. COVID just walked in and shook its head and then walked back out your room. And you realize, like, holy shit, I am in trouble. Like, oh, that hit too real. It just walked in and said, you know what you did. That hit too left. real. Man. <laughs> so, wait, I want to yeah. ask you a question. So, you are a you are quoted in our first episode as saying, the Kansas Jayhawks are the oh, love of your life. life. I stick by the that. The Kansas yeah. Jayhawks were, were they the number they were one the number seed? one seed, regardless of what happened in the Big 12 tournament, would have been the number one overall seed in the tournament. And like that was, was the last time out. they won the last NCAA tournament? Last time they won a championship with 2008. Last time they, or, yeah, last time they won the championship, 08. Last time they made the championship, 2012. And they had last made the final four in 2017. So it had been, at this point, about 12 years this since been, they had this won. This would have been the first time since they... Not since they won. This would be the first time in maybe six years, five or six years, that I would have gone into the tournament. I will every bracket I ever fill out will have Kansas winning. Doesn't matter. It's very rare that I actually think that is the team that would win. And if I had money riding on it, I don't necessarily think I would pick them every year. But since I usually just do it to see how I mm-hmm. how well I know the sport. Um this is probably the first time since like 2014, 2015 that I would have filled that bracket out and actually thought, oh, they're that they actually will win it this year yeah it wasn't like, just like your bias it was yeah. i actually had a confidence in them winning this year that was founded i mean in kansas is kansas every year they have an opportunity to win like they're just one of those programs they have a bad reputation for choking because they're always a one or a two seed and then don't make it to the final four and have only won that one championship since 08 but this was a year that i was like i would have put money on kansas this year most other years i wouldn't have even though it wouldn't have been a dumb bet this year i would have 100 percent put money down on them winning so when college basketball is it when it gets the axe from the great and mighty coronavirus yeah what what was your where were you at so like where were you at mentally it was emotionally weird it, it was a couple days before they officially said hey this tournament is not happening so when the nba canceled there was still some hope of like, oh, we're this close to the tournament. Let's just do the top 16 teams. That's no what fans. We'll, that's what we'll do. No fans. We're going to do, we're going to go down to Atlanta and we're going to have the top 16 teams. So sorry to all you mid-majors and low majors and all that stuff. It's going to be a tournament full of Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC, exactly. stuff like that. So, and, and Gonzaga, <laughs> the one team not in a Power 5 conference gets to come in. Uh, and so like at first I saw that and I was like, okay, like that. Cool. Like maybe we'll still get a tournament and we'll, we'll get a championship maybe that some people would put an asterisk next to cause it's only a sweet 16 on, 
but I don't care. Like it, if that's what we have to do, let's do it. File that a question, file that question away for later. I do want to come back to the idea of an asterisk when we talk about sure. the, how, how COVID yeah. affects sports. Um, yeah. So like there was that, I saw that idea and it was only maybe like an hour of me thinking about it before I was like, no, it's just going to get canceled. Not even because it wasn't doable, but because if people who are being play, paid to play the game are not doing it, why the hell would we put college kids? Like, I know that the answer is because colleges and the NCAA and television companies want billions of dollars from the tournament, which they would have gotten. But if LeBron James isn't going to risk his health to play, why would these kids in college who, let's say it's even 16 teams, five of them are going to be playing professional basketball in the NBA. 30 of them overseas, G League, stuff sure. like that. And the rest of them are going to be just working jobs. So I actually, I actually came down pretty quickly and realized, like, no, I really, really want to watch college basketball. And I really want to watch Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azubuki, who are the seniors that led Kansas. Like, I really want to see those teams or those kids, like, get to play their careers out and maybe win a championship and you know, go against a bunch of other high profile teams, including Gonzaga and Dayton. Um, but it just didn't happen. But I was actually like kind of relieved. Like I, I realized that as much as I wanted basketball, I would rather those kids not have to risk their health for a, for an organization that doesn't really care about them and just wants to profit off of them. Your initial reaction. Are you, when are you, I first are you, realized that college basketball is going to be canceled. Are you angry? Are you sad? Like what? I was pretty frustrated. Like that's where I would be. Like, it wasn't sadness, really. It wasn't full-blown anger. Definitely wasn't any positive emotion, like happiness or joy. Um, I'm pretty frustrated, just like, man, I can't fucking believe. Like, it was selfish, to be sure. Like, I can't fucking believe that I waited 12 years for a team that can win the championship. Not really. Like I said, they can. They have a chance every year. But no, I mean, like, like this be, is the being, year. Being like, honest about it, like this is the best, this most is the legitimate best opportunity they had. they've had in twelve even, years. Even years that they were really, really, really good, yeah. I looked at the field and I thought, oh, Villanova is a much better team. Like these sure, are the yeah. weaknesses that Kansas has that these teams on the path to the championship. Like here's how Villanova beats them, and it's by making thirty threes in the first half, and that's exactly what they did. Here's how Kentucky beats Kansas in the championship in twenty twelve. I'm able to look at that and go, yeah, they've got Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, like that's how they win the game right there. Like, but this is the one where I looked at it and I was like, Oh, I don't see like every team here has to adjust to Kansas. Kansas doesn't need to adjust to those teams. Like they can win. So it was really, it was really selfish frustration. Like, of course the one, the year that I finally believe that my favorite team can win a championship, it's taken away. But that also just didn't last very long. Cause like I said, I realized very soon that there's no reason for those kids to be, I say those kids, like I'm, an old man. I know, right? But, like, there's just no reason for them to be putting their health on the line for a comp- for an organization that just wants to make some money and not give it to them. Definitely frustrated, but that washed away pretty quickly. Not to say that the whole thing didn't impact me personally. It did. Sure. But in that moment, it was a pretty fleeting one. Um, what about you? Doris Burke, yeah, so, goddess of sports, so comes I- down to earth and says, sports are canceled. Well, I don't know if she actually says sports are canceled. She just says that game is canceled. But that's like the precursor. You're sitting on your couch, moonlighting on the uh, little lamp. What do you, how do you react? 
I think it was a weird combination of the the sort of comfort of Doris Burke's voice and the gravity of what she was actually communicating that combined f- to create this sense of sorrow that leads to watery eyes. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually felt tears fall down my face that night, but I was pretty damn close. And I don't know why. I think maybe it's because in a lot of ways, basketball has always felt like a place of rest for me. Like I, whether I was going to play basketball in high school or as a kid, um, or just watching it by myself or with friends and family, like basketball has always kind of felt like a, a safe haven, right? And I, I think that's relatable to a lot of for sure. people that have played basketball and other sports um, for a variety of reasons that can be true. But I think realizing that that safe haven, that that place that I could go to at the end of a long day was going to be snatched away from me was like, man, this, this is hard. And I cannot think of a better person to break that news than Doris Burke. Yeah. Well, and would you say that part of the reason it felt so emotional was that like she was conveying she her was, own grief she was very like she was very visibly broken as well like she she could not really process what was happening because this is this hasn't happened before right like this is well, not like, as hard as it is for you to hear that news like everything you just said about basketball is true to doris burke like yes. she feels those same ways and not only does she have to get that news directly from the source and deal with it the same way you were she then has to maintain composure and go on live TV and explain to you. To millions of me. Hey, here's what's happening right now. <laughs> to millions of. And sorry that I don't have all the answers. To, but to millions of sad little basketball loving guys like me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I didn't watch it live because I was watching college basketball. Trying to. Mistake. Uh, Stop. Uh, But yeah, I just remember seeing it on Twitter and, and realizing like, oh, this is affecting everyone on a very personal level. Anyone who loves basketball is affected on a very personal level right now. So at the end of every question, we're going to give a, a ranking out of 10 uh, for how much the the specific moment we're talking about mattered to, to us. Yeah, or to, to us to, personally. Exactly. Not not how much did it personally affect everyone to yeah. Nick and to Noah, how much did this moment affect you. Exactly. And so for me... I'm giving this a 10 out of 10 in terms of personal impact. Like I'm, I'm never going to forget this, this kind of moment in history, right? Like the I've sports have seen lockouts. They've, we've seen uh, strikes and different things that have stopped to play, but we've, we've never seen a, a pandemic or a virus do that. And so this is a moment that I'm never going to forget. And um, for that reason, it's a 10 out of a 10 for me. Yeah, uh, I that that all makes sense. I think I'm going to go eight out of ten because it did affect me personally. But like I said, I I pretty quickly realized I was being a little selfish because like I don't think your response to it was not selfishness. My response to it was selfishness. <laughs> like I like I understand that and and I'm okay. With, like that's still a very visceral response to this was a selfish frustration because something that I wanted was taken from me 
And I think even if Kansas wasn't like guaranteed a championship, which they weren't obviously, but like even then, I think I would be, I would have gotten very frustrated with the situation. Um, like this is the first time the tournament's ever been canceled, and that includes World War II. Like they played through a war, a world war, and through other future wars as well. Like, and then it took this virus to to cancel it. So I'm gonna go eight out of ten, a little bit lower, mainly because my reasons for being hit initially are much less noble than your reasons for being hit. Nobility. They are both very real feelings, and they are good and appropriate but some feelings are better than others and some <laughs> reasons are better than others so i'm gonna go eight out of ten so the next question that we ask is how did this moment affect culture, culture yeah at large uh again this is according to nick and noah this is we are not culture yeah, experts we're, we're not pulling out stats and yeah. all that we're not anthropologists nope this is off the top of our head so a couple of you know, two dumbasses talking about culture. Yeah. And I think we can, let's just agree on this one and just kind of stick to this one yeah. uh, thing. Uh, there's a, a animated movie. I don't know if it's Disney, Pixar, can't recall. It's been years. Don't know Actually, how I feel about where just, this saw, is going. just saw uh, a trailer that a new one, a version, a sequel is coming out. You almost said <laughs> version two for a movie. <laughs> I'm very excited about this sequel. Um, you get when you guys hear what movie I'm talking about, you're gonna be like, "What the heck? I didn't even know that that movie existed." <laughs> uh, but the movie is called Crudes, okay. and it's about these cavemen. It's a, it's about uh, that's probably not the proper way to say it. I'm sorry, but it's about Are you cavemen, about cavemen? And, and part of one of the <laughs> one of the uh, more impactful moments of the movie is when they discover fire. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because we discovered fire in the midst of sports being canceled. And that fire was the last dance documentary. Um, it was a 10 part documentary, five weeks, two episodes um, every Sunday night, two episodes yeah. every Sunday night. The reason why I think that this like matters so much from a cultural aspect is because every sports fan in the world, old to young, had something taken away. We didn't have baseball. We didn't have we didn't have any of the major sports. No baseball. No basketball. We, no, freaking no curling football. and like axe throwing was no, on ESPN. No uh, NASCAR. No golf. No hockey. Yeah, like everything was gone. And, and so for for five weeks, we all uh, there was a captive audience watching Michael Jordan and reliving that whole '90s Bulls era together. We were all watching it together, reacting live on Twitter looking at memes on Instagram, like yeah. we were all in that together. And it very much felt like discovering fire and then just like being amazed like, and standing I've around I've talked it. to everybody about what I've discovered. And to be clear, how COVID affected this, because you might think, oh, that was going to come out regardless. True, but it wasn't going to come out at that time. It, they, they pushed the date of release forward, give people something to watch during uh, quarantine. So that's how COVID impacted it. Just the fact that it was released when it was released, because that that's why it's important. I just want to put that that clarifier there, because without it, people might think that was coming out regardless. That's not has nothing to do with COVID. That's just coincidental. No, it came out because of COVID. Does does the last dance truly carry any like way forward in terms of like humanity progressing? <laughs> Maybe not. No, but for for entertainment purposes like this was a moment that we all got to experience yeah, like together you, you you've seen the memes you if you were on twitter 
maybe Facebook. I don't know. But if you're on Twitter on a Sunday night, you saw people live tweeting it. You saw live reactions like everyone was involved with this. It felt like. So Noah and I work together and we're probably the most uh, sports. There's no probably about that. Yeah. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're the most interested in sports among our coworkers, but every week, the Monday following an episode, there was conversations in our office about the last dance with people who otherwise probably don't, don't really watch care. sports. Yeah. Uh, so it was a big deal to say the least. And yeah. that cultural moment, I think matters even, even as small as it is in the grand scheme of, of life and human history, it does matter uh, in the context of 2020 for, for what it's worth. Let's see if we want to talk about this. I think another way COVID impacted culture is that, I mean, we could, there's probably a way to tie in your fire metaphor here, but I will Wait, be the one to do Wait, you mean the crude's it. metaphor? Yes, that uses fire. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make the connection. I'll let you maybe do that. But March 11th, sports are canceled. March 13th would be when Brianna Taylor was murdered. Oh boy. And I don't need to go into everything except for we're recording this the day after Louisville fucked up their decision and valued property over life, which is nothing new, I guess. But that freedom for the players, and by that, I mean, they weren't always playing. They didn't have practice like they were at home. They were taking in news probably at a higher rate than they have been able to do since they joined the league because they're always busy with workouts and practices and in games and press conferences. And so we start to see a lot more social activism amongst players, specifically in the NBA, but also the NFL. We talked a little about it a little bit last week with Patrick Mahomes and Ezekiel Elliott and all them uh, doing the I am video and causing the NFL to kind of shift. So I don't, I won't go too much into that exact thing just because we talked about it on the last week's episode but in the nba you see the players between brown and taylor you've got george floyd um you have Maude arbery like on the backs of those we see young guys we see jalen brown leading protests marches and where's he from is he from Atlanta? i'm not sure where I, I feel like he's from down south i know he went to school in california but i think he's from down south um we see him leading marches and protests. We see uh, Damian Lillard and some of those guys out in uh, Compton and Portland. We see LeBron James marching. We see all these guys out doing this, like making their voice heard and making it very clear where they stand on this issue. And that as you know, COVID canceled sports, but then the NBA was able to do their bubble and social justice because the players had that time to think about it, it came up, came to the forefront and they said, we're, we're only going to play if certain criteria are met. And the NBA followed because they wanted, they wanted to play. So they, not, they didn't follow completely. They, some of it was pretty token gestures yeah. and stuff, but the players realized that they had some power. And then, you know, what is it? A month into the bubble, maybe not even that long. They go on uh, strike because of what happens in Milwaukee. And like I don't know, something about 
the players having that time to themselves to really organize as a players union to really organize yeah, 100%. just as people in their communities seeing what's happening in the world in a way that they would not have been able to do if they were playing every day and practicing every day. So that's maybe that's how we can use your crude's metaphor. Uh, like they found fire. They found their fire. They found something that really I, I'm not saying that they weren't passionate about that stuff before, but it, it, it's just different. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it especially as a white man. I'm, I don't know how to explain it, but that's one thing I've noticed is that the players with that break have really taken it to heart that they had the platform to make the change. Like they can talk to Milwaukee's Lieutenant governor, right? Like that was something that they were, that the bucks were doing in their locker room during their strike was talking to the Lieutenant governor of Wisconsin. I think I said Milwaukee's Lieutenant governor, Wisconsin's Lieutenant governor. And yeah, like I think we're going to continue seeing stuff like that. Like, yeah. With what happened in Louisville, like Donovan Mitchell played college in Louisville. I could see him directly speaking to people there. Like he has that platform. He has that that uh, power, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, and you're seeing with the WNBA as well. They had the same thing. And I mean, the WNBA has always been on the forefront, always. even whenever they didn't have the spotlight that they have now, which is still it's a still, very small light. It's still not like they still deserve a way yeah. bigger spotlight. But like, even before they had any spotlight, really they were on the front lines doing this stuff. Yeah. And like they came out with, uh, you know, seven wearing t-shirts that have seven uh, shots in the mm-hmm. back of it. They come out with, uh, I mean, they're, they've always not spoken on Twitter and in their press conferences. So yeah, between the WNBA and the NBA and even your, your, you see college campuses, you see Nick Saban and Alabama football having a black lives matter protest in a uh, speech. In the you deep see, south, in, in Alabama, <laughs> yeah. No, you I see think Coach K in Carolina, a former that, that is a army veteran. He's a million years old, and he's saying Black Lives Matter. Like he's you know showing their teams that they support them and what they're. And now you see the NFL. They had enough time in their offseason to think, oh no, we want the NBA is doing it right. You know, again, pre-token gesturism with their end racism. Yeah. And the, uh, end zones and all that kind of stuff, but with without that break, I don't know if we see sports leagues with this amount of social justice, this amount of activism, uh, with this amount of pull. Yeah, because we saw what it was like to not have sports for so long. That for them to come back and say, "Oh, you don't like you didn't like it when there weren't sports." Okay, well, here's what we demand: like we are workers, we are citizens, and we're not going to give you this if you don't respect us. So yeah. you need to like make these changes. This isn't like these guys have been these guys, these gals, everyone, these athletes have been doing this behind the scenes for a long time. But again, this this space that sports being canceled gave them was was the opportunity to to really step up to the plate and do some major work. And I'll say I think going connecting it back to the last dance, one of the more uh, important parts of the last dance was this idea of Jordan um, and the black community when it came to speaking out, speaking yeah. out about injustices and, and using his platform to talk about issues that black people were dealing with at that time and are still dealing with today. And, um, and I, I say that to say, I think what we have seen between then and now is that players are taking this idea of being more than an athlete very mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah. Um, it's always been true, regardless Usually of... Usually just behind the scenes. Yeah, it's yeah. always been true, regardless of what media would want you to think or whatever. 
it's always been true, but I think these guys are and girls are realizing that like the it can no longer just be sports. It has to be I am a human being first that has um that cares about things, um, that supports things, that gets behind different causes. And I play sports like yeah. like in the same way that we have jobs, but we are so much more than what we do yeah. between the hours of nine and five p.m. every day. You know, um, so we we got to we got to keep going. Perfect. Let me say one more thing yeah. briefly. Thank you for pointing out that they've been doing it like COVID amplified that to an extent, but they've been doing that specifically someone like LeBron. We've seen him with his I Promise School in Akron free tuition for kids who graduate to go to college and all that kind of stuff. The people who are out there saying like, shut up and dribble, take care of your own communities. They are doing that and they're doing more. And then like, you don't get to say that. <laughs> like they're putting in the work and they have a platform. And if you're upset about that, it says more like you're upset at what they're saying. Cause I mean, there's a, that MMA fighter Covington or whatever who like Donald Trump called during his post fight interview and he's wearing a MAGA hat. I didn't see one say, hey, shut up and fight. Hey, politics and sports, I don't like them when they're mixed. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, I hope she I hope she hears this one day. Okay. Shout out to Jamel Hill, because she had to deal with a lot of that type of shit, you know? Yeah, for and sure. She's, she's a rock star, so. Yeah, so let's move on. Uh, well, let's, let's score it first. Yeah, so, I mean. 10 out of 10 for after, culture. Yeah, after you said all that, like, how can, how can you not rank this pretty high, yeah. right? Like, uh, shit, man. Fine, I'll go. I go ten out of ten. You sound as well. very upset to go ten I, out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting to because I thought we were just going to talk about Michael Jordan in the Last Dance and the Crudes, but here hey, we are. It all comes together. Okay, so last question of the day: How did COVID affect the sport. sports in general, mm-hmm. or sports um, in general? Yeah, I mean, we we can keep it short. I think we have bubbles now, which bubbles weren't a thing before. Uh, they're working pretty well, at least in the NBA. Uh, baseball's going to try for the playoffs. Yeah, so the NBA is doing the bubble with their virtual fans, and it's going great. The basketball has been great. Uh, the games the, have been amazing. The product of that has been great. It was a little rusty at first, but with no travel time, I mean, these guys are just ready to go. Um, yeah, NFL season started. There are two stadiums, I believe, as of this recording. There are two stadiums that are allowing certain X number of fans. Of fans. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are empty. Baseball is empty. And they're going to do a bubble. Baseball is going to do a bubble for the playoffs. That being said, I do have one sports question for you. Let's just stick with the NBA because... You're going to ask the the asterisk question. Let's do do NBA and baseball. Those are the closest two championships right now. Mm -hmm. Asterisks. Are we... Is there an asterisk around the championship um, because of all of this? Or is it just, hey, man, they won this year and that's just what it is? I don't think there should be an asterisk. They had the best teams in the bubble, plus the Pelicans, um, which because they just wanted Zion to be a part of it. The Pelicans shouldn't have been there. Um, and they're having a full playoffs. Like, it's nothing has changed. It, now they're just playing more frequently because it's every other night. So I don't think there should be an asterisk there. Um, and then baseball. Baseball's weird. I feel like this baseball season went so quickly. And they only like played the about, that, I think they played around 60 games yeah, or something. The fact that we're already in the playoffs is throwing me off. Like, I think this weekend is the last week, right? Or next weekend, whatever. Uh, again, I don't really think there should be an asterisk. I think all the teams who missed just through double headers and stuff will equal out their games played. Yeah, yeah. so 
I mean, and then they're having more, and there's more teams in this playoff than there were last year. Like they're using this as an experiment. Exactly. Was it four extra teams? Yeah, a lot of extra like, teams. If that's making it harder to win, hypothetically. So I don't think there should be an asterisk. Um, the only way I would have seen an asterisk is if maybe in the NBA, when they came back, they said we're going straight to the playoffs with the top eight teams in each conference or whatever. Okay, well, there was a race to get to that eighth seed, and you know that changes the outcome, whatever. Um, I would have seen an asterisk if the, the NCAA did their 16-team tournament instead. That's an asterisk. You that's two fewer rounds you had to play. Like maybe not an asterisk, but that's going to be held in a little bit lower regard because it wasn't quote unquote as hard to to win. The sixty-four team field is a lot yeah, different than yeah. the sixteen team. Yeah. So no, I, I think you win the championship. You win the championship. You you have no control over the extenuating circumstances, and you went out and played the games put in front of you, and you won. I won't say how I feel. I think you said a lot of good stuff. I will just say about baseball. Uh, the White Sox are really good right now. They're going to make the playoffs. They have made the playoffs. Uh, I love the White Sox. I really want them to win the World Series, but I, it doesn't feel legitimate. If, yeah. they, if, they, How, if they do win the World Series, it will not. I don't think it will, it will feel real. Let's make this brief. How pissed are you going to be if the World Series ends up being White Sox Cubs so pissed. and no fans are allowed in the stadium? Here's the thing. I will be so frustrated and I might start a petition that if that happens on it until we get a vaccine that if that happens the the world series should be postponed until fans can show up any other world series matchup doesn't matter chicago st louis who cares chicago don't care uh la who cares chicago chicago, oh, chicago you need chicago, to postpone to that shit postpone that shit we need to make it happen mlb if you're listening and we know you are postpone chicago chicago all right let's move on this we've uh, taken a lot of time um how it affected sports uh 10 out of 10. It literally stopped sports. How can you not? Oh my gosh. You're so convincing today. I don't want to agree with you, but then you keep saying stuff that makes sense. Like It stopped sports. You can't say it didn't affect sports when they decided, hey, you know that thing, World War II that we played through? Forget about it. We're not playing through this. Like, So if you're listening to, to this episode of Feel for the Game, you have witnessed the first perfect score uh, in terms of how much this has impacted both of us. No, no, no. I had an eight on the first one. Oh, did you have an eight? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, this is the highest score yet. We're two episodes in. Highest score yet. This is probably going to be the highest score we ever get to. I, I doubt that we um, will ever return to such a glorious score. Yeah, it'll be hard to... But I'm going to go 10 out of 10 as well, and we're going to round out this episode out of 58 out of 60 Yeah. in terms of how it impacted sports, culture, and ourselves. Um, every episode, we're going to leave you with a song that we think reminds us of mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah, I'm going to say for this one, the song is going to be This Year by the Mountain Goats, which a lot of people may not know who they are. That's fine. The song is, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a good perseverance song. Uh and it's called this year, and this has been a shitty fucking year. Next year's probably going to be a shitty year. The number on the calendar doesn't really dictate anything. But this year has been shitty, and that's just a good song of like, hey, we'll get through it. Like, even if it kills you, if that's your way of getting through it. We're going to be fine. Just go do your thing. So go listen to This Year by the Mountain Goats, and maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. Make I sure think that's to, it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Feel for the Game. Pod. Uh, pod, yeah. Uh, you'll find us. 
uh, it should be linked out on the episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and sign up for the newsletter on areacodenetwork.com if you aren't already. It's not our newsletter. It's Area Code's newsletter. But I write it a lot of the time. And it'd really make me feel loved and cherished if you would do that for me. Oh, there you go. Thanks. Love you. And goodbye. Forever. Peace. Feel for the Game is an Area Code production. Produced and edited by Nick Thompson and Noah Kirby. Follow Feel for the Game on Instagram at Feel for the Game Pod. And to learn more about Feel for the Game and Area Code, visit areacodenetwork.com. This is an Area Code podcast.